Hey everybody, welcome back to another episode of the Quo Vadas Podcast, the Catholic podcast that helps to begin with the end in mind. My name is Taylor Geiger, and I am joined, as always, by Father Mark Malazova. Oh hey man. Oh hey ma'am. Oh hey. Oh um, hey there. Oh. We should do more of like the the, the Wisconsin accents. What do you think? Because I think that was one thing that I remember uh, Ben Pribino, shout out to him, he's one of our seminarians, and I think mm-hmm. he listens to the show over in Rome. Yep. He one time told me that he likes listening to it because he likes to hear our Wisconsin accents, which I don't hear an accent on myself. I don't um, either. I, I hear yours sometimes, though, I gotta okay. be honest. But sometimes I want to lay it on a little more thick, like, oh yeah, dear guy, you know, really, really get in there. Oh, oh shoot. <laughs> Oh, oh gosh. <laughs> I mean, we could. I told you what I did when I went out to Boston, right? No, I don't think so. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. I visited a good priest friend in Boston, and he teaches at Fenwick High School. Uh, give me a nice uh, one of those oh, drawstring bags. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. yeah. So they they knew I was coming out, and then like this guy from like Wisconsin, it's like I was coming from like Europe or like South America, this like exotic or like far off <laughs> place. Like, what are they like? You know, <laughs> do they like the Packers? Like, of course, of course you do. No, it's a, that's actually a myth. It's exactly. Very, very uh, common misunderstanding. Yeah, don't. <laughs> but no, I just came out, and uh, he introduced me, and I just say, "Oh, hey everyone, how's it going?" <laughs> and they're all just so you like, really laid into oh, it. I really laid into it. <laughs> and it was so funny. They they didn't laugh. They didn't do anything. They just all looked at me every like, time you're super polite like is, is this guy is this guy serious like <laughs> now my priest friend was was laughing quite hysterically so i think they gathered that this was not it was probably a real joke. yeah but um i i, I kept on I, I did not back down for i you know <laughs> how long did you how long do you think you went for until you broke? i mean like three minutes or something oh, like that. that's pretty good yeah it's yeah. pretty good <laughs> he's like okay he's like he's like okay stop like, like all right <laughs> okay sorry <laughs> um it's pretty good though it is pretty good yeah, yeah. We, yeah. we could do something we could get like we could get shirts and then do like the tagline, um, helping to begin with the end in mind. Yeah. And then like something on the front, like local, like, hey, dear guy. Hey, dear guy. Listen to this. Oh, hey, dear guys. <laughs> or something like that. I feel like we're kind of just tapping into the whole Charlie Barron's thing. A but, little bit. Yeah. But, it's but a little, okay. little, I mean, little derivative, but yeah. This is capitalism, right? We just kind of. Yeah, that's right. Hitch that it's pony on and get system we up. got going on here. Right? You, you ain't got a copyright that, that other that. guy did, Unless right? you do have a copyright, in which case we can't do it. <laughs> yeah, he probably. <laughs> well, you can't really copyright that. That's like culture. Like, you can't copyright culture. I don't know. I don't know. Didn't Gene Simmons from Kiss like copyright like something ridiculous like in like a like a phrase or something like that? I thought I thought I remember reading about that one time. He copyrighted some kind of a phrase and like people are like wrestlers can... do that. Really? Mm-hmm. Well, you you're the expert on wrestling. You're, well, you're, just you're, amongst in house amongst us, I guess. <laughs> but, like people and people like trademark amongst their gimmicks. Us, you are you are the foremost expert at least within the curia for sure. There's no one else. You in the might Kyria be surprised. Who, really? No, I don't know. I don't know. Oh, okay. I'm saying okay. we, we might. We might be surprised. <laughs> I'm, I'm not aware of somebody. Anyway, but so some wrestlers coin moments. some phrases like that, like it's trademarked. Like it's I theirs. believe so. Yeah, yeah that makes yeah. sense. I mean, you gotta make money off that. You know, yeah. you don't want some schmuck stealing it. Go for around you later. saying because Stone Cold said so. You know, you <laughs> that's his line. You know, <laughs> I think you should start saying that. Work that into at least one homily in the next two weeks. And because Stone Cold said so. Stone Cold said so. <laughs> I think that would be amazing. It would be absolutely incredible. If I was sitting there in the pew. Do I have like a kid's mass or something? Like, I can't say that on Sunday. A kid's mass? Yeah. (laughs) I got one today. I wasn't allowed to watch wrestling when I was a kid, so. It's probably good. We weren't either. (laughs) And yet, and yet here we are admitting to having watched wrestling. (laughs) But we didn't have cable, though. We could only kind of, this is all pre-internet days and stuff like this. But we had the the, uh, video games. Pre-internet, man. You're old. I know. The dial-up. Ooh, I had dial up actually. I remember dial up. 
Dial up was yep. the best. It had like the best tones to it, you know. And then like if someone started calling and you're on the internet, like, don't pick up the phone. I know. <laughs> it's like no! the phone would just disconnected. <laughs> like you just want to print one thing. It takes like thirty minutes yeah. just to get into your email and like. Oh, the good old days. Well, we actually have a guest with us, uh, Amy Dibert. Amy is the director of Young Adult Ministry at the Diocese of Green Bay. Uh, you are also not a Wisconsin native, so uh, first of all, welcome. Thank you. It's good to have you here. Thank Second you. of all, I'd love to hear your great thoughts. Great to have you. Yeah, I'd, great. Love, <laughs> I'd love to hear your thoughts on the Wisconsin accent and your experience of because you, you you came from to us from Wyoming, correct? Correct. All right. Yes. So how how did you find the Wisconsin accent when you first came? Were you were you ever shocked a couple of times by like people talking? And you're like, oh wow, like that's a really thick accent. Like that's a good one. <laughs> like were you like, oh that's that's not too different from what I hear back home or like that. Well, no, there's definitely thick ones. So I actually, because I served on Net Ministries, which is based out of oh, Minnesota, right. okay. I had some familiarity <laughs> with the with all the, the way over there. Yeah, wow. yeah, that's pretty great. <laughs> <laughs> we had a team leader, and we would often have um, sack lunches on the road. Team like people would send Not us big with lunches. A, yes, but a bag. Oh, sorry, oh, sorry. A sorry. I ruined it. Bag lunch. I ruined it. I ruined it. So, but because so because Monica was from Minnesota, she would say a big lunch all of the time, and we gave her such a hard time about it that she gave up. And she's like, "No, we're having sack lunches from now on. We are <laughs> no longer lunches. having bag lunches because y'all make fun of me." I don't know if I've uh-huh. ever heard of a of a of a sack lunch. I think I've no, I think that's the point. Yeah, yeah, I've yeah. never heard of that either. Yeah, yeah. Huh. It was I get just, it. But I mean, she, she couldn't take the mocking anymore, so it became a sack lunch. There you go, Catholic missionaries. That's life. <laughs> it's just brutal. <laughs> just merciless. Hey, iron sharpens iron, right? <laughs> all, all things to all people. You speak, you, you speak the language the locals know. You know, right? I mean, it's that's right. This is missionary 101. Hey, St. Paul, man, on, on his yeah. solemnity. Yeah, that's right. No doubt. Yeah, that's right. I mean, it, it, actually, Were you aware it, of that? It will come out today. That, the solemnity? Okay. Yeah, I, I knew that in hindsight. Like, I remember seeing him in my breviary yesterday that it was the, the solemnity of Saints Peter and Paul today, mm. and I was like, "Oh yeah, that's awesome!" And then this morning, the day that we're recording, which me. might not be the day this is released, it actually was going to come out today. Oh, actually, okay, going to come out go. today, so that would be a little fun there. What so, time you're honest with the people? I'm always honest. Oh, my God. <laughs> no, you are not. You're killing me, man. You're, <laughs> you're killing liar. me. I, I, I am. I am. I am. Uh, I don't I am, get paid enough for this. I am consistent. I'm consistent and honest. <laughs> I remember, uh, so my wife went to school at UW River Falls, which is right kind of on the border of Minnesota over there. So mm-hmm. she has a couple of friends from Minnesota, and there are some things that Minnesotans say that really kind of bug me. One of those is uh, they don't they, they don't call it like a, a casserole. No, they, call it they a do hot not. They dish. do call it a hot dish, and that is just mm-hmm. so weird yeah like, i don't get it yeah the dish yeah, the is hot yeah. i get it but like other dishes are hot like when you make oatmeal dish is hot do you call that hot dish no the first time i was offered hot dish i was like what now i don't know what that means like, like you heated up the dish <laughs> right i was like i have no idea what that means i was like oh it's a casserole yeah cool. a casserole yeah okay <laughs> so i guess we're on the same page there at least that's good uh-huh. yeah. yeah i don't know I- i'm indifferent i mean it's whatever it's what it i'm sure they can but what, what's the etymology of casserole? I mean, maybe they're like, why do you call it a casserole? This is clearly like... I think you're the first person to ever ask the question, what's the etymology of casserole? <laughs> I'm sure there was a guy named Cass. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And somehow he made a roll, but yeah. he didn't want to roll it up that day. And hey, he threw it in a dish and he was like, look, it's a casserole. It's, it's, it's etymology, casserole. It's, it's a wonderful homily. <laughs> cast the hot dish. It's, it's, they're wonderful homily starters. You sound intelligent, even though you just looked it up on the internet five minutes before mass. It's like, well, this is actually the etymology of the word. It comes from the Hebrew, whatever. <laughs> that was always uh, now now Bishop Dan's 
little shtick. Oh, always, yeah, that's right. I always, heard about yeah, this. Yeah, he always yeah. came out before before Mass, and he would give us a word, and he'd say, is it Hebrew, Latin, or Greek? And then he'd add, and he kind of Did he have pull. a preference of the three? Did he lean towards one of those? I don't think so. I think he always it's did pretty his best. pretty balanced. Be- yeah, I think he, he strikes me as a balanced yeah, guy. Yeah, I think he did his best to, to, to both both inform and throw us off our feet. You know what I mean? So I think he kind of wanted to, like, make sure we weren't like, oh, it's always going to be Hebrew. I mean, like, I mean, sometimes it was pretty obvious, you know, I'm mean, like, like when he said, like, like the, the word Hallel, is <laughs> a Hebrew, Latin, or Greek? Like, well, I, don't, I don't, that sounds pretty Hebrew. <laughs> you know, the chach kind of noise going on there. Oh, yeah, really, yeah, it really, yeah. really, it's really mm-hmm. it's very, very poignant. So, anyway, Lamey, good to have you here. Thank you. <laughs> Got to hear your thoughts on, on uh, Wisconsin accents. It's always mm-hmm. good. Yeah. Um, so, you are also a fellow AI graduate. I the am. Institute. So that's pretty exciting. Mm-hmm. Did you go to the Gus Institute, Father Mark? Nope, nope I did not. You did not. That's too bad. Nope. You're missing out. I'm not bummer. an alumnus. Yeah. You're missing out. You're missing you out. You are. It's a good place. So when, what year did you graduate again? 2016. Yeah, 2016. Yes. Did you enjoy your time at the Gus Institute? I did immensely. Yeah. I mean, it was all online, so I didn't actually... Well, I did. I went for one week, and it was glorious. It was fabulous. <laughs> a a week in week. January. It was wonderful. Other than that, that was it. Inv- I didn't get invited to a week in January. Well, you had to take heck? an intensive. Oh, I didn't do that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I was also only two hours away from the AI instead of like 16 hours. Oh, really? So Where were you living? I was in Cheyenne at that time in oh, Wyoming. That's It's that close to, to the AI? I didn't know Well. That. That's two crazy. hours yeah, if there's no traffic, which there's always traffic. Okay. So, wow. Yeah. But it's not far. Wow. Cheyenne is like 10 miles over the border from yeah. Colorado. So wow. it's basically, we call it North Denver. North oh, Denver. <laughs> yeah. <man. laughs> yeah. It doesn't really count. Bishop, Bishop better not listen to this. <laughs> better not listen. It's been, it's changed a lot since he left. It, we'll put it that way. Gotcha. <laughs> gotcha. <laughs> so you actually, I know you've said it's a couple of times different places, but you actually, you were confirmed I by was. Bishop Ricken when you were in Cheyenne, Wyoming. Is that right? Yeah. Well, when I was in laramie but oh, yeah okay. in the diocese okay. of cheyenne it's it doesn't isn't, that, isn't that the whole state though yeah it's all the same thing yeah. <laughs> so actually i'd love to kind of hear a little bit more of your story of kind of like where when did you um i mean have you always kind of been catholic did mm-hmm. you did you kind of have a conversion or a reversion kind of a moment when you decided i want to pursue this i want to make sure that i'm within the life of the church Tell us your story a little bit. I'd be kind of interested to hear that. Yeah, that's good. So yesterday I actually gave a talk at one of our entrust retreats about giving your testimony. So I am well prepared for this question. <laughs> this is the one thing I'm out, prepared for. Paper. Luckily, I kept it in my Luckily, pocket. Luckily, here I am. I practiced yesterday just for you all. Thank you for coming um, to the entrust retreat. Uh, shoot, sorry. Wait. Ah. <laughs> Wrong place. Pause for applause. Right. Okay, back at it. Um, but yeah, I was, I was raised Catholic, baptized as a baby, kind of the whole cradle Catholic thing of just go to church on Sunday, do your thing. Um, but it was always just kind of something I did. I never really wandered from the, I don't have a St. Augustine or a St. Paul story. It's a lot more less dramatic than that. Um, (laughs) isn't that kind of funny that like, there's almost this sense of, not like shame, but almost like like, yeah. they, like we, we have kind of elevated the people who have had like these like oh I was I was doing this and this and this and then I came back, which is a, a beautiful story beautiful and like story. And praise God for those moments. But sometimes I think like at least I kind of feel the way of like we need to almost sell a little bit of like how bad we were or something like that. You know, it's actually right. I remember one time I was at a I was at a conference and I was with a buddy of mine who I worked in youth ministry with and um. 
where you listen to someone give their testimony and they were kind of talking about their own journey of faith. And my buddy kept waiting for like the moment that she was like, and then I fell into this life of this and this and this, but then Christ came and he, he, he turned my world upside down and now I'm here. And it wasn't that it was just like, uh, I was raised in a good Catholic family and I, I fell in love with, with the Lord and the church. And I decided that I wanted to study theology so I could know him better. And then I'm, now I'm here and we're like, Oh, <laughs> that wasn't like that wasn't right. the normal conversation back yep. like in like the mid 2000s that like right. the stories you heard yeah and so it's like it's like yeah that's beautiful it's great that yeah you're raising the faith and you stayed there and that's, that's, a, beautiful, did, that's yeah. a great thing i hope that's i hope that's story of my daughters you know what i mean right. i hope i hope that's their story so i get it anyway yeah. sorry yeah when i went up. so when i went on net i thought i didn't have a testimony we had to have the conversation <laughs> of like it's okay that you've just kind of been this Catholic kid hanging out. That's really good. That's right. fine. Yeah, That's beautiful. Yeah, sure. yeah. Um, but yeah, so I kind of just, you know, was just the good guy. I did all the youth groups, did all the retreats, did all of the things, um, was really involved. My junior year, a net team came to my town and did a net retreat. So um, for those who don't know what net is, I guess I yeah. should explain yeah, that. It stands for National Evangelization Teams. It's based out of St. Paul. Um, and what they do is they get young people 18 to 30, although I think it's 28 now. Anyways. Um, <laughs> yeah, I think that, I think they love, they said, we're done with you 30 year olds. No more of you. you you're too old. Middle-aged. You're too old. <laughs> 28. Um, so, but they get young people to give a year and you travel around the country doing retreats for junior high and high school students. Oh, cool. So I did that for a year. So they came to my town and, and I was like, this is the greatest thing ever. I love these people. I want to do this. And so, um, after my senior year, I did a year of net and, um, traveled. I actually came to Wisconsin twice while I was on my net nice. team, which was fun. Where'd you go? Um, we were in the Madison and Superior diocese. Okay. And basically my overriding memories of Wisconsin were, um, number one, one of my teammates got to ride a motorcycle for the first time. Um, pretty sweet. Yep, that was fun. And then um, fall leaves because that was something ah, I had uh, never experienced oh, before. And we were okay. here in October, and I was like, "Wait, leaves actually look like that in real life, and not just the movies? This is so cool!" <laughs> um, so that's basically what I remember about oh. Wisconsin. Um, but it was awesome. Did you go for a motorcycle ride? I did not because ah. I had already ridden a motorcycle ah, and some there, of the other. That. Yeah, gotcha. yeah, I was really cool. Basically, <laughs> it's part of the story, right? It's like I used to ride motorcycle. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how to put this, you guys, but uh, I'm really cool. And I'm really to cool. that point, I've been on a motorcycle. I've been on a motorcycle, <laughs> so I'm basically the coolest chick here. Um, not just because I'm the only chick. Um, <laughs> um, but yeah, I served on net, and while I was on net, um, it was the first time I really had to kind of think about my faith and not like just kind of do the things and just kind of go along. Like I actually started to think about why I was Catholic and why I was believing the things that I was believing and, and started to question some things and, um, which was kind of wild being a Catholic missionary and being like, wait, do I even want to be Catholic? Um, God is cool like that. Um, and I remember being at our December retreat and, um, we were in adoration and I remember praying and I said, like, Lord, I don't know what is going on here, but I'm going to go ahead and just profess the creed and like choose to believe this for the first time. It's not going to be about my feelings. It's not going to be about what's going on because I don't really feel this right now. It's going to be about a choice to believe in this. And I started praying the creed. And as I prayed the creed, I was just overcome with the sense of God's presence. Like I couldn't doubt it. Um, and it was just, I wish I could explain it, but it's like undescribable, the feeling of just knowing that God was real. And, um, 
again from the outside like it did nothing i just was a girl crying on the floor in the gym on a carpet square like all the other girls crying on the square on the carpet floor in adoration like it was not a big deal but to me it was everything like my whole world changed because no matter what i have gone through in life like i still question i still doubt on days and i still have hard days where i'm like lord what in the world are you doing um but i always have that moment to kind of come back to to say like i know that there was a moment where i knew without a shadow of a doubt that god was real and i can cling to that and go back to that moment and remind myself that like yes God is here and God is with me no matter what happens and so it's yeah it's kind of just a story of a girl kind of trucking along life and God kind of spoke in this moment and then was like all right continue on and keep trusting and um, there's been twists and turns I uh, went to college at the University of Wyoming I was involved in my Newman Center Um, I lived at one of the houses behind the Newman Center for a couple years in community with other women which was really beautiful Um, I did another year of net in Ireland which was um, wild and awesome and like the hardest, best year of my life. And God does a lot of things when you have to be like the one lone like adult because that time I was 24 and all my teammates were 18. And so I had to like be the grown up. And I learned a lot of things about like running a household and like, yeah, that was a good time. <laughs> and and then I came back and I worked in parishes for eight years before I came here. So, wow, yeah. That's fascinating that when it comes to the creek because I feel like it's one of those things that, I don't know, I, I can't speak, I guess I can only speak for myself, but like when it's prayed at mass, you know, on a solemnity, for instance, today, I feel like it just kind of spits out, right? Somebody starts mm-hmm. it like, I don't know if I can know the creed, but if you start it, I can kind of go along, right? <laughs> but like, sure. but it is, I mean, it's like, obviously it's, it's our creed, it's what we believe, but I just find that fascinating. That's what you went to, mm-hmm. you know, to, to sort of make that a very concrete step, like this is, this is real. And Obviously, you were able to do it by yourself. You didn't need somebody else to start. You you knew how to do it. Right. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it was like all of, you know, sometimes we get down on kind of the rote prayers of the faith because yeah. we need to be more spontaneous. But in that moment, all I had was that rote prayer of yeah. like, Lord, I don't have any words. I don't know what's going on. But like, I've got this and I'm going to pray this creed and just like for the first time, really choose to say I believe these things and not yeah. spit it out rote and yeah. not really you know, just kind of say it, not thinking about it. Was there anything yeah. that stuck out from the creed, like a particular line or anything? Or was just sort of the creed itself? I it mean. was It was really about halfway through kind of the Jesus section of it that really <laughs> like the moment came. Like when it was yeah. like, um, I believe in Jesus Christ and only Son, our Lord. Like that, that was the moment as I was praying like with Jesus. I mean, obviously, because probably because we were in adoration and mm-hmm. Jesus was there in the Eucharist present with me, mm-hmm. um, that, that it really kind of hit me. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I remember actually having a professor of mine. Uh, he actually lived in the area. And we had, we had some in person classes, and we were we were in the class called the Creed. <laughs> so yep. obviously breaking open the Creed. And he, one of the things he pointed out, which always kind of stuck with me, was he was like, you know, the one of the most beautiful things to him about the Creed is the fact that it was written in the year three twenty five. I think it's Council of Nicaea, and he said it was written in the year three twenty five and hasn't changed. And he's mm-hmm. like, and we still profess it. And he goes, that's not nothing short of a miracle, you know, yeah. of, of like of like what it is that like you're actually praying. And like I think that can get lost really quickly on people of like you're praying this very ancient statement of faith, but also a prayer that was written by the church fathers in 325 and hasn't had any like amendments or not like putting little asterisks in there being like, well, this was added in the year 1845 because of this heresy. You know, it's like, right. it's like no, like, they, they, they address these things. And we still pray this, and like this is the faith of this is the faith of, the, the the faith of our of our fathers of, of our mothers in faith who came before us, and we now assent to believe in these things. We say mm-hmm. yes to that, and it really is a very beautiful thing. And I think it's funny when he said like, if you start me off, you know, like, I, like yeah. then I'll do that. I remember yeah. actually at Ron Colley, there was a uh, Tim Olson when he was teaching in one of his classes. He would do that to his class, like he would say like, say the creed. 
and puts point to a kid and they'd be like uh <laughs> just because like starting like they get the first line yeah. and then they're like uh and then they start mixing up the apostles creed <laughs> and the nicene creed and they couldn't always get it but it is it is a very beautiful thing that i think people don't often truly pray first mm-hmm. of all then they also don't often bring it into their own thought process when they're thinking through the questions of their faith they, i i have conversation with tons of people over the years where like they say like really like like you like we believe that as catholics i'm like you say that in the creed yeah <laughs> every, yeah, every, yeah. Sunday. every single sunday you say that that i believe these things and you're like oh i guess i never thought about that before yeah. you know and like like i think the one i remember recently i had a conversation with someone they're like about the resurrection of the dead and like we like, we believe in the resurrection of the dead and they're like really and i was like yeah it's in it's in the creed it's like one of the last lines, man. It's, like, it's just one of those things where I think it, it, it's so easy to get just in the motion of it, thinking not, but not actually thinking through what it is you're praying. I think you're hitting on something really important with, with for your own faith there as well. Was that I need to say this intentionally. And mm-hmm. then tell the Lord, I believe this. Yep. And then say, I'm I'm gonna assent to this. I'm gonna I'm I have faith in it. I'm still gonna have questions, but I'm gonna say yes to these things, trusting that this is truly what the Lord wants me to believe, mm-hmm. and that He will then do the work from that point on. Yeah. It's beautiful. Little yeah. little known fact actually before ordination. Um and it, and it happens in other contexts as well. I think um maybe as priests are assigned to seminaries to teach and stuff like this um you have to you have to profess the faith mm. so uh we have deacon matthew cully who will be ordained on saturday hey. so he has to do his oath of fidelity and his profession of faith so i mean it is it's the same wording and everything so um it's a very concrete thing and, and you put your hand on the bible and the book of the gospels and and, and proclaim that which really is awesome yep where do they do that um uh, can't tell you Oh really? Yeah. Okay. Uh, Bishop's Chapel. <laughs> okay. yeah. Does he do it? Is it just a private thing between him and Bishop? Or pretty much. Other, yeah. yeah. Okay. Well, I, I, I'm there. But well, okay. Yeah. yeah. Sure. Yeah. Make sure everything's you done. Yeah. Right. <laughs> well, I got. I got to like. I got to compile. You know, compile this stuff. I got to make. You know. So. Yeah. Sure. That happened that's, on Friday. That's still very beautiful, though. Like a, of a a young man about to say yes to being a priest of Jesus Christ or a deacon. Yeah, and saying mm. and then standing there and saying I believe these things and the bishop yep. receiving that as yep. part of the church and then saying. Great, like let's go forward with this. Essentially, that yep. you know we yep. believe these things. That's that's really beautiful. Yep. Wow. They both sign it, and boom, there you go. You gotta sign it too. Oh yeah, oh, oh yeah, 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 like, yeah. Where's that kept? Is that like in a file somewhere? Yeah, <laughs> yeah just can, in, just in you, his priest file. Can, yeah. can you get a copy of it and hang it on your wall somewhere? Oh, That'd he gets he cool. gets a copy. Oh really? Yep. Where, where's yours? Um. Oh, I don't know if I. <laughs> Maybe I shouldn't have asked you that question. Is that did something Father, you probably did should Father give me one? And put it on him. It goes back to that guy. I'm not here to defend himself. <laughs> the best. Well, so actually, so then what led you from being where you were to where you are now, the Diocese of Green Bay? I mean, obviously, it was a job posting, which is, you know, a, yeah. a good thing. The Lord thing, split, split the heavens open yeah. to come to Wisconsin. I mean, we have casserole. <laughs> I mean, and you're. Big lunches. I know you're joking, but basically, yeah. Right. Oh, my uh, God. <laughs> I'm not. This happens all the time. Yeah, no, no this is oh, really shit. like what. So I was working in Denver at the time, which um, if you've ever tried to commute in Denver, it's the worst. Um, the, I did once. It was awful. It's Same. awful. Same. It was terrible. Yeah, it it's was real terrible. The, it's the literal worst. So here I was like doing this like hour and a half one way commute <laughs> and hating my life because like I was in the car for three hours a day in traffic and it oh. was the worst. Mm. Um, and so I wanted a job closer to where I was living. And so I started looking for church jobs in Denver. And it's a city of 2.5 million people with how many parishes just in the Denver metro alone? Zero church jobs. 
zero not a tostada i was like what in the world is this about um and so it was like okay lord uh what do i do because there's no jobs here um and i was sitting in i can remember it very clearly i was sitting at my desk and i was looking at catholic jobs and he said wisconsin and i was like what in the world? <laughs> like, Lord, Wisconsin? What? Why? How? What? Because there's motorcycles there. Because there's motorcycles. <laughs> That's it. Right? Obviously. <laughs> Obviously. <laughs> so I was like, okay, I'll look. And I looked at the on the Wisconsin page of Catholic Jobs. This is not sponsored by Catholic Jobs. But there you go. Um, <laughs> we, pl- we plug <laughs> stuff all to, the time. You yeah, have to put yeah. that in there, though. Isn't that a thing I hear on podcasts all the time? This is not a sponsored post. I don't but, know. Uh, <laughs> they want to sponsor us. Sure. Exactly. Great. We were just kind of the call us. Yeah. We'll, take, we'll take the sponsorships. That's <laughs> pretty great. So I was on the Wisconsin page and I was looking for, for job postings and there were tons of jobs in Wisconsin. So I was like, all right, Lord, like there's an open door. We'll see what's going on. And as I started to pray about it and think about it, I said, I think Bishop Rickon went to Wisconsin at some point. Mm. That's kind of cool. Where did he go? So I looked it up and okay, he's in Green Bay. Let's check that out. Let's see what's going on in Green Bay. Well, because God is super cool. So my coworker who at Denver in the time, her husband is a doctor here in Green Bay. Hmm. Um, so she had been talking about Catholic Disneyland, aka Green Bay, Wisconsin, for the last two years of working with her. So I was like, oh, that's neat. Okay, I know a little bit about Green Bay. I've heard they've got some cool things going on there. My confirmation sponsor works for Spiritus Ministries here in the Diocese of Green Bay. Nice. So I called yeah. her up and I was like, hey, what's going on in Green Bay? She's like, you have to come. And I was like, okay, cool. So I started applying for jobs and God just kind of kept opening the doors and was like, here, you know, all of these people already, you know, you like the bishop, go on your merry little way to Wisconsin. And so on the feast of the assumption, I left Colorado and I moved here to Wisconsin. You were and assumed to Wisconsin. I was assumed to Wisconsin. Yes, I was. As is right and just. <laughs> that's awesome. Wow. That's, yeah. That's really crazy. Yeah. It's kind of neat that all those things just kind of we're in place already for you. There's already mm-hmm. kind of a quasi community for you to move yourself into a little bit, as opposed to going in blind to a city. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. That's it really was cool. pretty awesome. So then you started doing young adult ministry then. Mm-hmm. I mean, so I know one of the things you started doing right away was when you first got here, hopefully you guys said a little bit, and then you were like, I want to, I want to drive around and I want to hear from young adults of the diocese. So you did all these listening sessions. Yep. You kind of went from different, from place to place to place. So I'm kind of curious to hear of like, first of all, how'd you find that experience? Was there anything that was like really enlightening that you were like, oh my gosh, I never thought about that when it comes to young adult ministry? Because the young adult ministry, I mean, anyone who's listening to this podcast hopefully has a little bit of an inkling of what it's like. It's one of those kind of like, I don't know even how to put it. It's it's such a mystery because it's like, how do you how do you reach an 18-year-old and a 30-year-old? Because yeah. they're often very different places in their life, both maturity, I mean, where they are. I mean, some of them are, are in college, some of them are graduated, some of them are engaged, some of them are married, some of them are having family, some aren't at all. It's fascinating. And so it's mm-hmm. a huge kind of a project to be able to figure out, well, how do we do young adult ministry even that question itself has so many points of contact so how did you find that experience of going around talking to young adults of our diocese did you find anything enlightening shocking and then kind of what happened from that point yeah yeah it was really it was really beautiful because it was nice kind of being an outsider because i think a lot of people felt like they could just like speak freely oh, to me because <laughs> they weren't going to offend anyone because i didn't know anything i was just like new from Colorado, like sure well let. so so people were very honest which mm-hmm. i really appreciated mm-hmm. because if you're going to do ministry to people you have to know what they want you have to know what they need yeah 
Um, so I spoke with kind of young adults all across the diocese, different states of life. I spoke to some college students at some of our campuses. I spoke to um, young adults who work for churches as well as young adults who don't and just like live everyday normal lives out in the secular sphere. Um, I spoke to some of our young priests. Father Mark was on that call. Um, I may have locked him out for a hot minute on the Zoom and someone had to be like, Father Mark is texting to get in. Can you let him in? And I was like, hey, Zoom fail. It's fine. Um <laughs> <laughs> he got in eventually. He'll be, he'll be fine. He'll be fine. I think he recovered. I don't know. I, did. I, did. I remember that actually because I was quarantined. Oh, oh really? yeah. yeah. I had COVID. Yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah. So you, you, so you couldn't like, go anywhere anyway. Like, no, I, I couldn't. No, I was like, well, whatever. I guess I'll just uh, stay seated here. <laughs> just hang out and wait in the waiting room. Yep. Uh, yeah. So that was a good time. Um, but it was really, really enlightening. People were very open, very excited. And some of the big themes that they talked about, one was kind of communication because young adults are kind of all over and they're kind of wandering the universe and they're transient and like how are we communicating with our young adults they felt like they needed some clarity on that so um, we've kind of put some things in place to hopefully help communicate to our young young adult community um, in a better and more clear way that they can actually get access to um, because let's face it most of them aren't reading parish bulletins so they needed a little something different that's what they tell me i know as a former bulletin editor it breaks my heart because oh, like, i spent how much time yeah, on that God, stupid thing God for bless what you people that do that yeah exactly <laughs> no one's reading this why am i doing it but anyways um and another thing that they shared was like some leadership training and just kind of how to be a human being adult in the world like it's real hard hmm. to kind of figure it out especially when you're uh, in a more transient society where people are far away from their parents they don't you know i can't call my dad and be like dad i have a flat tire what do i do because he's in arizona and he's gonna be like i don't know call triple a good luck um you know so some like help in just kind of navigating life they also talked about the need for authenticity um in a world that is kind of completely proposed i guess like i don't know like everything is kind of fake on instagram and on sure. facebook and like we live in a world where it's all just, manufactured a little bit yeah right? it's yeah, all sure. manufactured you put you put your best foot forward you only put the best photos heidi and i um heidi works here at the diocese we went for um we were up in door county yesterday and we stopped for ice cream at wilson's oh um, nice. as you do Great place. right Great you place. have to you can't yeah. not get ice. so I've but of course there. we had to have like our millennial no moment <laughs> Sorry. But of course, we had to have our millennial moment where we took the picture, perfect picture of her ice cream yes. by the water with the sailboat in the background and like put Na- it on Instagram. Naturally, like yeah, yeah. it's totally natural. We did not take a picture of like we had ice cream everywhere because it was melting and it was windy. And like we didn't put that one on Instagram. Sure, no, no, right. no. You just put And they give you a lot. One. They give you so much and it melts so fast and it goes it everywhere. Why are you laughing? Because <laughs> it's funny. What do you mean? Why am I laughing? It's funny. Am I funny? Am I, do I amuse <laughs> you? <laughs> like I got a clown? <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> but I hear you. Yes. yes. I, 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 so yes. authenticity. You can picture the scene. Um, you can picture the scene. And so so they really wanted kind of these authentic play and the church to be a place where they could be authentically themselves, like ice cream disaster and all like that. Mm-hmm. They don't have to put they want to be able to kind of sit in the mess of life. Our world, I don't know if you've noticed, is really, really messy. Um, it's kind of a hot disaster. <laughs> and they like are, we're just like, please give me somewhere where I can just come and be like, what is this mess? And someone like help me and let me mm-hmm. just and not fix me. But let me just sit in this mess and just try to navigate this for myself and figure out what I think and what I believe about all of the mess that is our world today, right. um, which I thought was really insightful for us 
church leaders of like they're not looking for answers necessarily right away or like they're not looking for a fixer to problems they're looking for someone to hear them to listen to them and help them figure out what they need to do but first listen first hear them um i thought that was really really good insight to have from them so that was some of the big themes that they kind of talked about in those listening sessions yeah so i guess if there's a parish out there that's kind of wondering how to start doing some young adult ministry what what would you say to them in terms of like what you heard and like the lessons you learned and maybe not be like, well, this is how this is step one, how you do all these things. But like, what is something that a parish should be keeping in mind? Mm-hmm. Like what, as they're trying to put together young adult ministry, how do they how do they create that space, that environment that a young adult would feel ready and willing to say, oh, I'll go to that. I'll do that. Yeah. What's the. Is there, is there just beer? Have beer there and they'll show up? Is I mean, <laughs> only... Craft beer, right? That's true, yeah. Only but if we're, doing, if we're going for millennials, it sure. has to be craft beer, ah, right? You know, it's important. You know how young adults drink a bush light, you know? No, 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 none of that. Um, I think one, usually when, when a parish leader or a pastor will come and ask, I want to start a young adult group, what should I do? I'll say, well, do, do you know any young adults in your parish? Um, maybe talk to them. I don't know. Good first step. If you know someone under the age of 35 in your parish, go have a conversation with them and see what they want, see what they're looking for and kind of get to know the people of your parish. Because if you start, uh, you know, a speed dating group for young adults in your parish, but all of the young adults in your parish are married, (laughs) then like, it's not very helpful. Um, not at all. The vocation director would have something to say about that. <laughs> what are we doing? Uh, <laughs> right. Speed vocation group. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. So so get to know your people. And if and if you feel like you don't have young adults, one of the things I've really been um, talking about is like, where are they? Usually they're in baptism prep, marriage prep. Like go and find where you're already encountering them and start to build relationships with them in ways that they already feel kind of comfortable coming to the church. Yeah. And then you can expand on that. Like if, if they're coming for baptism they they know there's something here that they need because they've come to get their child baptized or grandma told them they had to which is fine they're there yep. capitalize on L- it listen to grandmas <laughs> right yep. grandmas are awesome listen <laughs> to are. them they are they're the best um so i think kind of yeah capitalizing on where they're already at and mm-hmm. meeting them there and then walking with them on that journey <clears throat> and talking to them one of the things that the young adults shared a lot um was a lot of times in church things, they kind of felt like they were just the token young adult. Like they were just there because mm. they, the optics, they needed a young person and sure. they didn't really feel like it was an actual seat at the table. Um, I'm going to call it out. You can edit this out if you want. Um, they called out parish councils a lot sure. of like a parish council will ask a young person to be on the parish council, but they never actually ask their opinion or ask them to speak. They just, or if they do speak, they say, yeah, that's nice. That's cute. But we're not doing that. Yeah. Um, they don't actually hear anything that they have to say. And so if you're going to engage young adults, do it truly out of love. And like, not just because you think that you need young adults because your church is dying and you need more money, but because you actually care and love about them. I think it's so much more about the motivation behind what you do than the actual thing that you do. Yeah, for sure. So, yeah. So when it comes to young adults, you know, coming to know the Lord, kind of, you know, coming to know the church and everything, what would you say is the biggest obstacle preventing them from going deeper into their faith, being a part of the church in a deeper way? What's the, what's the biggest thing preventing that from happening? In my experience, it's brokenness and an, and, and an unwillingness to receive healing. 
Hmm. or a not knowing how to receive healing. Mm -hmm. Um, I remember at the AI, I took a class with Dr. Shri, and one of the things he talked about um, was if someone is denying the existence of God, other than about 4% of the world, they probably aren't actually atheists. They just have some deep wound that they are mad at God about, so they're ignoring him and pretending he doesn't exist. Hmm. And so I think so often if people are struggling with their faith, if they're struggling to come to terms with God, there's some wound, there's some deep hurt in their heart that they either aren't ready to receive healing or they don't know how to receive healing or they're scared to like go there. I mean, it's the, it's like pouring salt in a wound sometimes in there and, and their fear, they're afraid of being judged by the church. I heard that a lot. Like, I don't want to go and talk about my problems and my healing because I'm afraid I'm going to get judged. And so they can't get the healing that they need to be able to be open to the Lord because they're just so afraid of, of judgment. Um, so I think, I think being a, place to hear people and to you know pope francis talks about this right be a field hospital mm-hmm. we got to go heal some wounds and we got to bind some things up before we can really um move forward i think that's very insightful because i mean <clears throat> it's see, you know you're, you're working primarily with young adults but i mean i, I am to a certain extent as well uh, but also like in the schools and stuff like this mm-hmm. it, it's it's amazing uh in sort of a bad way what some like kids and young adults have gone through in their lives yeah it's so sad. Like, mm-hmm. I'm not going to go into anything, but it's just like, I hear some of these things sometimes. It's like, oh my goodness, that's that's terrible. Like, I just, I, so I, I think that's probably spot on because it just, yeah, I, I mean, like I said, without going into detail, I'm just, I'm kind of like, wow, really makes you grateful for, I didn't certainly have a perfect upbringing, but a pretty darn good one. Um, <laughs> mm-hmm. What some of these people have to go through is just, especially at a young age, yeah, it goes with them. It, I, I think they're, I think you're onto something. Yeah. Yeah, I think even like the, Sometimes I, th- I think my inclination is like, oh, well, people have so many questions that they want to answer, which is probably objectively true. They do have a yeah. lot of answers. They want mm-hmm. questions. But I think sometimes what I've found when I'm, when I'm answering questions that people have, I have to be better about having a, a better intuition of a listening ear of being, well, what, what's the common theme with all these questions? Mm-hmm. You know, like, like does, does God does God love me is kind of mm-hmm. the, what, what the questions come out of. How do I know that? You know, and like sometimes that is intellectual response to that. And you need to help them mm-hmm. understand those things because, I mean, yeah. like the, the head and the heart are intimately connected and to separate the two is does a disservice to the other. Mm-hmm. But I think that you're, you're, you're correct in a lot of sense that sometimes it's, there's a lot, there's more behind the thing. You know, yeah. there's what, more are, what are they the not thing. saying? Right, yeah. exactly. Like, yeah. It's like what yeah. are they saying, but what are they really saying? Right, exactly. Yeah. I yeah. think that giving church leaders the opportunity or at least just the, the reminder that they have to be listening for those things and mm-hmm. be attentive to those things. Not just yeah. like they're not looking for Aquinas's, you know, like right. like five ways just yet. And right. They, I mean that that'll be interesting to them and that should be a part of at some point their catechetical formation. But you also need to be mindful of the fact that they're right right now trying to plant down some roots and you gotta make sure there's some mm-hmm. good soil there for them to put it down. But I think also too when it comes to getting young young adults involved and if there's parish leaders who are wondering what to do, sometimes even the the, the parish leaders' passions and interests can be a huge factor in like allowing the young adults to like come partake of those things with you. Like I think mm-hmm. of like mm-hmm. I think of John Paul II like going hiking with, yeah. with with young adults. Like he he mm-hmm. had a passion for hiking and skiing, for that he loved it, and so he invited them to come along with, and he obviously incorporated the gospel into that of how these things aren't antithetical to those things. And so like if you're a Paris leader, and like if you're if you're super into computers or something, like why not like offer something about that? Like when mm-hmm. like you say like come learn about these things with this, or if you're really into fishing, well take them fishing. Like go fishing with them, and then, right. like, if I don't know how, they like, don't don't be don't get me too hard of a time that I don't know how, but teach me you know right? i'm looking at bottom mark over there but no what do you don't know how to fish come on man <laughs> but you know like, a man of fish you feed him for a day 
if you teach a man to fish, you a lifetime. <laughs> He's a grown man. Fishing's not that hard. Ron Swanson. Anyway, so, <laughs> um, but I do think though that there is something about that. Like, don't be afraid to be yourself yeah. with with the young adults and allow them mm-hmm. to see those parts of you that, like, hopefully you have passions and interests and hobbies that you partake in mm-hmm. that you, know, you invite other people to come partake in with you. And like, it's oh, this is creating a, a Catholic culture then around yeah. these things. So, mm-hmm. I think all those things play a very big factor. So, yeah. um, our time here is kind of running up. So, I wanted to make sure we got this out there. So, the Young Adult has a new website. You're going to miss yes. a new website, which is via youngadults.org. So, V I A, then youngadults.org. Mm-hmm. So, via meaning the way. So, meaning the way. So, why, why via? Is it Hebrew, Greek, it, or Latin? <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yes. <laughs> all of them. <laughs> so, one of the reasons we chose via, obviously, okay, so Young Adults, like, it's kind of a time marked by being in transition on the way. You know, you're moving either from high school into college, college to yeah. post college life, whatever that means, marriage moving transitioning all the things and so it's really a time and and where you know in our diocese we have disciples on the way we are disciples on the way always mm-hmm. in our life and so we chose the word via literally meaning in latin via um as as on the way in in our faith journey literally in life um but also it's kind of it is kind of language neutral of like it's coming from latin but like People are going to get it in Spanish. It's not exactly mm-hmm. the same. You know, they're going to get it in different languages. So because we want it to really be a place for community where all can come and just kind of be who you are authentically and right. be on the way. And it's OK that you don't have it all figured out because <laughs> none of us do. That's fine. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, so if you're a young adult and you want to go to via young there you can find uh, links to different uh, things happening within our diocese. It connects you to the different young adult ministries happening all throughout the different kind of regions of our diocese as well. Um, the information on the Catholic faith and how to grow a little bit more deeply and spiritually. There's, I think, there's a link to our website, gbvocations.org, mm-hmm. which is great. So thank you for the shout out there. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> we can even put this, this episode on, on your website if you want to. So, but Amy, thank you so much for coming. I really appreciate your time and sharing this with us. Father Mark, would you mind closing us in prayer and a blessing? Not at all. Please. In the Father and the Son of the Holy Spirit. Amen. And gracious God, we thank you for the gift of faith that you have given to us. We thank you for the gift of your Son, Jesus, our Lord and Savior. And we thank you for the opportunity to be on the way with you as we continue to deepen our faith, uh, to draw more closely to you, to know all that you wish to speak to us. We ask that you give us great peace in our hearts, that you may heal whatever needs to be healed, uh, that you bind up what is broken. And we ask your blessing upon all those listening, all those gathered here, and we continue on the way, all the way to heaven. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit. As it, As it was, was in the, the beginning, beginning, is now, now and ever shall be, world without, without end. end. Amen. Amen. The Lord be with you. And with, and with your, your spirit. spirit. Almighty God bless you. The Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. 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 Well, thank you very much, everyone, for listening. Thank you again, Amy, for joining us. Make sure you check out viayoungadults.org to find out more information and As you continue along the way, may you always be keeping the end in mind.